Hello, this is another recording of the Adelaide Entrepreneur Club. And today we have part two of Larry. Larry was in episode 12 when he spoke about how he helped a young man, which was an amazing story. Today, Larry goes a bit more into his story and his de definition of success, which is very interesting. We first met Larry on day 190 of our journey of meeting someone every day, and we're very appreciative uh, of the new connection that we have made. And I really hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. So I think that's a good place to, to move on to uh, um, the book that you wrote called Success Redefined. And um, I'm just really keen to hear about, uh, you know, why that came about and, um, you know, what, what would the book was about. So when I was 28, I'd just gotten into some heavy uh, self-evaluation. And um, I went through a Tony Robbins workshop. And I think right before that, I started defining things in my life. So I had some major buckets in my life, like family and business and fitness and all these different categories. And then somebody said, define success for yourself. So I defined success for myself at 28 as the ability to do what I want whenever I want to do it. And that was my definition. And that worked for me for a very long time. For 20 years, that definition worked for me. I was searching for freedom. But in my mid-40s, I got freedom. I made enough money where I could move from New York to San Diego. I had the flexibility in my business to do what I choose to do. And I still wasn't fulfilled. There was a part of me that was still missing. And I went on the search. And it started probably in 2011, 2012. So when I got back from that trip from Africa, I went to a conference um, six weeks later called Opportunity Collaboration, which is an amazing conference that won't happen this year, which is a shame. They bring around 400 world leaders together that are trying to affect poverty. And I went into a, a little workshop, they call it a colloquium, 15 people for four days, same 15 people. And the first three questions they asked is what is poverty? Who gets to define it? And why are we trying to fix it? And I had just gotten back from Africa. And I'm like, those people, they were actually pretty happy, actually more joy than most people that I meet in my world. Yet they were impoverished. So what is poor and what is the difference between being poor and being impoverished? And I think in many ways, our society in the United States is extremely poor. We're not impoverished, but we're poor. We're poor in connection. So I started rethinking about my definition of success because it was no longer working for me. Freedom did not give me that sense of oneness, that sense of being part of something greater than myself. So I started looking for a new definition. And over the next four or five years, I redefined success as the ability to do what I want whenever I want to do it while being part of something greater than myself. And I thought that that was something worth writing about. So I started putting together all the stories in my life and all the different pieces. And that's where the book came from. And the book, so 2012, go to Africa, next four years, three years, pretty much turned my world upside down because I really started realizing that I was helping people make money for the sake of making money. And I didn't want to do that anymore. And I wanted to do something that mattered. And uh, I look back at it now, I could have made some different decisions, but those are the decisions I made. Uh, we had already planned to take our kids out of school for six months and travel around the world. We were going to do it for a year. So in 2015, uh, beginning of January, we packed up our house in San Diego and we took a trip for six months, spent two months in Australia, and then a little bit of time in the Middle East, and then three and a half months in Europe. And when we got back from that trip, I started from scratch because I walked away from my old business. And the last five years have been this journey of how do I turn my skill set into something that makes a difference, matters, and I can do things that impact the world while making a living. 
been an interesting journey. But the book was the foundation of it. So I started a business called Success Redefined. And the book was all about this concept. There's basically two fundamental concepts in the book. One is Maslow created his hierarchy of needs. And that hierarchy of needs starts with the foundation is food, water, shelter, and safety. We'll call that survival. Above that is me, love and belonging and self-esteem. It's all about me. And the top of this hierarchy is our own personal self-actualization, what you would call your own personal purpose. And I started doing some research, and I started talking to some experts around Maslow around the world. And I started calling. I called this one guy in Scotland at like 3 in the morning his time. And he told me to call him, and we started talking. And I said, is it possible that Maslow knew that the foundation of his hierarchy was not survival? It was our greatest human instinct. Our greatest human instinct as an animal on this planet is to survive. And my, my, my contention was that it's also our greatest human purpose. So if you look at Maslow's hierarchy differently, the foundation of his hierarchy is our instinctive purpose. And the top of his hierarchy is our own individual purpose. And he said when you're in survival mode, then purpose is an aspirational need. But once you get beyond survival, which is half the world today, now with the pandemic and everything else, I think a lot of people are going to go into survival mode for a while. Um, I think that we are at this place where people are beyond survival and they need to find purpose, not for the sake of being purposeful. Everybody's been looking for purpose over the last decade. Gee. And I think purpose is this abstract thing that nobody knows what it is. And I just listened to something that was really powerful. And I think people are really looking for meaning. Yeah. Purpose is this reason for being that allows you to connect with others that have another similar reason for being. That's why I think we need to find our purpose is not for the sake of being purposeful. It's for the sake of finding others. So I created this second concept in the book. It's called the connectedness continuum. And I basically say that we connect at five different levels. So the outer level, the least connected is surface level. So that's your friends on Facebook you've never talked to, but your quote unquote friends or people you're connected to on LinkedIn that you've never met or never spoken to, but they asked for a connection and you said, okay. Um, the next level is what I call community or affinity based connection. Those are people you have something in common with. They go to your church. They're part of your temple. They are interested in the same sports team you're interested in. Those are deeper connections than just surface level, but they're still not deep, meaningful relationships. Inside of that is relationship to another human being, so one-to-one, -one. So the relationship between the two of you, between me and my wife, me and my child, my, either of our children, um, my connection to my parents, my brother, my work associates. That's the um, third level of connection. The fourth level of connection is connection to self. And in our culture here in the United States, I don't think we're very good at understanding self, and inside of self is our own purpose. So my contention is we need to stop connecting at a surface level and start connecting at a purpose level because what we are craving as human beings is deep human connection. Now, my wife doesn't need to be very purposeful because she connects with everybody she meets instantaneously as part of her DNA. And there are natural connectors that connect at a deep level. I'm an intellectual connector. I meet people. I remember what they do. My, one of my greatest skill sets, besides one of my friends said my greatest skill set is my generosity of spirit which I, I believe that that's part of my, my winning formula. But I think that I am a connector at heart. And I remember everybody that I meet, pretty much. I remember what they do. I remember individual facts about them. 
and I try to connect them with others that have something in common. And I call it uncommon commonalities, things they wouldn't think about. So somebody's into playing guitar. I have a bunch of friends that are really into guitars. I have people that are into golf. I know people that are into martial arts. I know people that are into all these things. And I just connect them because I think they would enjoy getting to know each other. And I connect them because of their businesses as well. Somebody needs somebody that does this, somebody, somebody that does that. But at the end of the day, human connection is why we need to find purpose. If I look at all these journeys towards finding more purpose in our lives, the purpose behind purpose is human connection. Yeah. I think that's why you're doing what you're doing. Is that you want to connect more deeply with other human beings. Yep. So your purpose is your, everybody's purpose. And if you look at the Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, your purpose is to do what you're doing right now and not to worry about anything in the future or anything in the past. It's just to be present. And I think we've gotten sideways as a culture trying to seek purpose. What we, I believe we really seek is self-knowledge, knowing who we are. Yeah. And then be able to connect with others that we can connect more deeply with. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Look, um, yeah, we've seen that ourselves is that, um, you know, people are just wanting to connect in all cultures. Like, you know, we just spoke to a lady uh, earlier tonight from Egypt and, you know, the same, the same people just, just so excited to connect and, and talk with people um, it's just more evident to me now than, than ever before. So, yeah, thank you so much for that, Larry. So, out of curiosity, how do you how do you apply that today? Like, how do you apply, um, you know, your connecting um, uh, today in, in today's world? Like, what what do you, what's what do you do? Um, I just have conversations with people and find out what they're looking for and ask them to meet other people that are like them. Um, I run a community called Spire, and our intention is to inspire people to do more than just try and make money. Yeah. Um, so it's a community of purpose-driven leaders. That's my day-to-day -day work. Um, I believe deeply in cause-related work. Um, as I told you earlier, I'm looking to work with this company that sells blankets, and uh, for every blanket they sell, they give one to charity. They actually give one to a homeless shelter in your backyard. I'm very fascinated by cause-related work. I've been involved in lots of nonprofits. I'm one of those people that asks people if they could change anything in the world, what would they change? And when they tell me what they would change, it's like, okay, what are you doing about that? And part of my opportunity is to connect them with organizations that actually are doing something. Because most people today don't take the time to do the research to find the organizations that are making the greatest impact. So I just got off the phone before our call with the gentleman who runs business development for the San Diego Foundation, which is one of the top two foundations in San Diego. So they have billions of dollars in assets, maybe, maybe not that much, maybe 500, 700 million dollars in assets that they manage for a lot of wealthy people to use for uh, their, their don donating. And um, we were just talking about what's happening with philanthropy and what's happening in our city. And there's a lot of opportunity for connecting deeply. There's, there's a lot of opportunity to affect change. And that's the reason we're here. I think the only reason we're on this planet is to leave this place better than we found it. So my work today is to use the gifts that I was given to do good. And I still have all these people around me that all they want to do is make more money. Yeah. And I'm like, did I just trade one toolkit 
for another t am I am I in the same box or do I just have to accept that there're going to be those people around me in my life and that's okay? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't I really don't understand um some of the path and I'm not sure we'll ever understand our path fully but I'm very intrigued by where the world is taking me and I'm very intrigued by the opportunities that are being presented to me and I'm excited to see how do we work together collaboratively to stop worrying about we have to worry a little bit about what's in it for us so we don't get to take an advantage of. There's a book called Give and Take by Adam Grant about givers, takers, and matchers. And the givers are the ones that just give. The takers are the ones that take, obviously. And the matchers are the ones that give, but they give with the expectation of getting something in return. And Adam Grant says in the book, who do you think of the three does the best? Of the givers, takers, and matchers, Stephen, who do you think would do the best? The matchers. Donna, what about you? I don't know. I might have to yeah. ponder that some more. Yeah. So the, the people that do the best in that scenario are the givers. Okay. The givers do the best. So who would do the worst? Takers. You would say the takers, yeah. The givers also do the worst. So here's the deal. The givers that have boundaries, that know when to stop giving, and know when to start asking for what they need, are the ones that do the best. The givers that totally give up themselves and ask for nothing in return, get taken advantage of, and people will do what they need to do in order to get what they want. Man, that's good. Thank you. So the, the takers and the matchers kind of live in the middle. Yeah. And the givers... So being a giver is a great thing unless you give without, um, without anything coming in return. Yeah. Awesome. Look, that's a great note to finish on, Larry. Thank you so much. My uh, pleasure. We appreciate your time and, and we're always grateful of, of people like yourself that are willing to give up their time. So th thank you so much. My pleasure. You guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy. You're what, six hours behind me a day ahead. So um, it's now Friday around what? Eight o'clock in the morning? Uh, 10 to 7. <laughs> 10 to 7. Okay. Right. So you got up early. Yes, we did. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Yeah, much appreciated.